Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Happy, happy Monday. It's already 7 a.m. DiNardo. I've been up for about an hour. You okay? No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> My wife's car wouldn't start, so I had to drive her to work this morning. And so now I'm back got some coffee in my hand but no, it's been a it's been a day already yeah that sucks yeah it does suck look at you though again all those brownie points exactly Jim coming through in the clutch yep well That's congratulations me. for that i'm sorry though that you had to endure all this before 7 a.m though yeah i know usually i can just wake up you know roll out of bed hop on here and uh no today i actually had to do something <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I rolled out of bed, so here I am. But the glorious, hey. glorious Monday. Sometimes NFL, that's how you gotta do it. Yeah, say NFL Sunday was yesterday, so that's back. Um, I think as we saw with the interest in the Pirates game yesterday, uh, albeit it was a bad game. Well, not really, actually. I mean, it was it was actually a pretty decent game until it fell apart. Yeah, no, it was it was a very uh, it was an entertaining game up until that sixth inning. It was way more entertaining than the Steelers game I was watching simultaneously. So I was I was having a lot more fun watching the Pirates than I was the Steelers. Yeah, I could imagine. I hear them Steelers aren't too good. I don't know. I mean, my Dolphins are one and zero. But with that being said, they had a um, fun game. Yeah, that, that was a fun game they had yesterday. Woo! Yeah, that really was. Tyreek Hill is really really fast. Tyreek Hill like single-handedly won me. I'm in like a DraftKings league, like a daily where just every week you pick a new team. And Tyreek basically won me that league yesterday. So week one, picked up a win in that league. All thanks to Tyreek. Wow. Well, Dolphins, big winners. Jim, Daily Fantasy Sport, big winner. You know who's not a big winner yesterday? MLB umpiring. Took a they big they, L. As they haven't been a big today. winner. They haven't been a big winner for a while, it seems. Actually, that's fair. They've been a winner. Yeah. They've been definitely winning. But not so much yesterday. And the reason I say that is if you watch the Pirate game, um, as you watch any baseball game, that's one thing. I mean, it's it's both sides. It's not just if it's you know the umpires hate the Pittsburgh Pirates, but we've seen a lot of bad umpiring this year. You know, and I always hate to be the guy that's like, oh, the Pirates lost because of this call, or that team lost because of that call. But there's just a lot of really bad calls it seems this year. And yesterday, nothing new. What was a full count? Cabrian Hayes up to bat, clearly ball four. He starts walking, taking his base. Umpire calls him out, has a few words, goes back to the bench. But he wasn't done there. Cabrian Hayes, of all people, Jim, went to Twitter yesterday. And I quote, some umpires really don't care. 3-1 call, not even close. Oh, sorry, yeah, it wasn't full count, 3-1. 3-1 call, not even close. I hold him accountable after the game, walking off the field, and his response is, I give you a chance to hit home run. That tells me you don't care at all. No accountability. Bring the ABS, please, MLB. And then he quotes it. Well, it's a quote, but he attaches a picture of the call, a, a screenshot of the mm -hmm. game where the ball's clearly outside the box. It's a ball. This is Cabrian Hayes who doesn't say anything. Well, I think that was that was the interesting thing about it is, you know, I saw this pop up on my Twitter feed because I, I follow Cabrian Hayes. Um, but you never really, I don't know if I've ever seen Kibrian Hayes actually tweet anything like from his account. Right. Uh, so, Except so this was a project he had. Yeah. Like this was interesting to see. It was probably about an hour after the game. You see this pop up on your timeline. And then like, first thing you got to do is kind of click and make sure, okay, hold on. This says it's, it's from at Kibrian Hayes. Is this is this Cabrian Hayes or is this like a fan where you know it's one of those accounts? No, like you, you once you kind of dig deeper, you're like, oh wow, this is Cabrian Hayes. And then you think to yourself, Cabrian Hayes, I don't know if I've heard like 
10 meaningful words come out of his mouth the entire time he's been a Pittsburgh Pirate. He's one of the most dull characters that you'll meet when it comes to, you know, like talking to the media. Um, yeah, so like this is like the most words I've seen from Cabrian Hayes from either a written standpoint or from like listening to him. Uh, so it was it was kind of interesting. Um, I mean, you can kind of look at this a few different ways. I'm saying, hey, I'm I mean, good on him. Like the way that you the way that you're going to draw more awareness to this problem is by making sure more people know about it. And and I think a lot of people, for the most point, for the most part, know that you know umpires aren't perfect. But I don't know what it is about this season in particular. Maybe it's just because there's more focus on it. Maybe because we have more tools to judge these umpires. Maybe it's because you know you've got the the box sitting there. Maybe it's because I've got the baseball savant you know game page up. I don't know for what reason, but it seems like umpires this year have been worse than any year I could have ever imagined. Um, maybe like outside the nineties when the strike zones were just huge. Right. Um, but just from like recent memory, I can't remember just this many just bad calls from home plate umpires. Like typically, typically you'll have a few every now and then, but it's not like, like there's some bad calls this year. And it seems like it's not just like a one-off situation where it's one guy. It's not just Angel Hernandez. Like, yeah, I feel like everyone's just, I don't know what it is because the umpires have to know that their days are numbered when it comes to calling balls and strikes. I don't know if they're like, hey, let's just, let's, let's like raise hell while we can do it and like make everybody notice us. I don't think that's what it is. Maybe it's because velocities are so high. Like you've never seen velocities this high before. You've never seen sliders with this much, uh, this much break in them before. Maybe they're just, they're just getting confused. (laughs) Like the the players have gotten so good that it's harder to, to, to judge what they're doing. I I don't know what the reason is, but um, this was kind of, this was, it was definitely interesting seeing what Cabrian Hayes did yesterday. You know, and I just want to add that I'm with you, but like the thing about that is we've had baseball savant for how many years now that, that the strike zone, the cave zone has been there for how many years now. It's not as if like this is brand new technology this year opposed to last year. And it's strictly eye test. You know, I can't go off actual numbers, but I believe that it's absolutely worse this year than other years also. So I think there's something to it, like you said. And that's what's odd. It's because you would think they would try to be performing at their most elite level this year like listen we don't need that automatic strike zone we 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 don't need this we are the mlb umpires we're good we got you and all they did this year is is prove that yeah we need that (laughs) these umpires are terrible we need that immediately um so this going off that rate right that uh, i'm with you on that sense uh but again let's focus this on like cabrian hayes we've talked the Think about, oh, man, I forget what game it was, but the game ended on a bad call with Brian Hayes at the plate. Clearly a walk, it was a strike, and, and we talked about this. Like He put his head down, walked to the dugout, didn't say anything. It looked like as if he didn't care. Derek Shelton more or less put his head down, turned around, walked through the top. Like, like no one cared, it seemed. But that was also when Brian Hayes was just simply not a good hitter. And I'm not talking like there has to be some correlation here, but I guess what I find is, is there some correlation here? Like, does Cabrian Hayes now have like the confidence in him to like stand up, show some leadership? You know, like, like this is all just thinking. Like, this isn't like anything I'm seeing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like he hasn't been a good hitter for all this time. He kind of stays low, stays quiet. Now he's a good hitter for quite a bit of time, and he's more vocal. Like, is Cabrian Hayes maybe feeling more like a leader, feeling more like I've arrived, I'm a player, I can speak my mind because I can back it up? I mean, that's a good That's a good point. Um, leaders typically don't come from, you know, the guys who are failing, Right. Like if you're, I mean, even, even if you're just at your regular job at work, right. And you kind of think of like, who's the leader among your peers at work. Right. It's probably not the guy who 
or it's probably not the guy or girl who, you know, doesn't perform well at their job, right? It's probably someone who performs, performs fairly well. So that's a, that's a good point because yeah, you are now seeing, you're seeing a different Q Brian Hayes on the field, right? You're seeing a, you're seeing a much more successful Cabrian Hayes. You're seeing a more confident Cabrian Hayes. And maybe that is leading to him, um, you know, at least feeling comfortable enough where he can go out and put something like this. When you have a 75 weighted runs created plus, and you're complaining about a, a, a strike call from an right. umpire, it kind of just makes you look like a, like a whiny loser. Right. But if you're, you're feeling it at the plate. You're hitting everything that's coming your way. And then you do something like this. You know, your peers tend to put a little bit more stock in it because it's like, this guy obviously cares. Um, and, and you know, he's one of the better players on our team type of deal. So, yeah, I think absolutely that plays a part in it. Like, this isn't a tweet that Kebrian Hayes sends out two months ago. No, I don't think so. And it's just like you said, those are the exact reasons. Like, who, who are you to talk? You talk about the, like at work, you know, the, the people that aren't good or speaking like, like imagine the person who doesn't work, right? You're always doing their job for them and they're out there complaining because corporate's adding more work to their plate. And you look at yeah. like, well, no, no shit. You're bad. Like you don't want to do any work. You know, mm-hmm. you're just whining. You're just complaining. But the ones that perform, you, you know, you look and say, oh, well, that makes sense. I can rationalize that. You're thinking, you know, and it's like in this case, if I'm not a good hitter and I get called out on balls and strikes, well, be a better hitter. Like, try not to suck, right? It's yeah. the Joe Madden rate. Like, just try not to suck. How about that? But when you are a good hitter, you kind of have a little bit of a voice to speak on that. And again, like, I'm not saying that's what Brian Hayes is doing here, but it's kind of intriguing. It's kind of like makes you wonder because, right, like two months ago, would he have done this? I don't know if like personally he would have, but also if he would have, I think it would have came with a lot more negative stuff, right? Like shut up. <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah. whining. And now I don't think it's perceived as whining at all. It's he's challenging the umpires and MLB. Like, look, you guys got to do better. And that's what I find very interesting about this. Once again, you don't hear Cabrian Hayes for the most part. And he did in a huge way at this point in time. I mean, he's challenging his boss more or less. Like it's, it is the league. It's MLB. He is challenging them straight up and he can do it now because since August 1st, he's batting 299 with a 140 weighted runs created plus, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I when just, you're, when you're playing like one of the best players in the league, you, you kind of have more of a voice. And so, the fact that he's he used it yesterday to address this is yeah it was it's it's interesting it's almost um like hey is this maybe like going forward are we going to see a more you know a f- more fired up Cabrian Hayes we're going to see a more um, outspoken Cabrian Hayes like, like more of like a a leader I don't I don't know um, but it was it was certainly like when it when it popped on the timeline yesterday it. It, it was eye-catching because it wasn't something you expect from him typically. And by the way, 100% what you said was me. when you Because you sent the tweet to us in the chat, and I opened it, and I read it, and I can't tell you like maybe three times, and my only mindset was, but where, like, where was he saying this? Like, I don't, I don't see it anywhere in like the post-game notes. I don't see any quotes. Like, where – who said Cabrian said this? And that's what hit me. I was like, oh shit, Jim, this isn't a parody account. <laughs> this actually is Cabrian Hayes. I didn't think it was him at all. Same as you mentioned. Like when that happened, mm-hmm. I thought it was some Cabrian Hayes account, right? Some some fake account that's trying to quote mm-hmm. what Cabrian was saying. And I'm like, wow, this came straight from the source. Never in a million years did I expect that. So yeah, again, like it's something that's like I find very interesting. Not so much like the MLB stuff that like we're talking about. It's like Cabrian Hayes himself. Is is there a new Cabrian Hayes in town? And kind of refreshing. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he's fired up. I'm glad he's pissed because that's not the Cabrian Hayes that I saw 
put his head down and walk to the dugout when the game ended on the same situation. Yeah, I mean it's a different it's a different Cabrian Hayes and and we talked about this. I don't know if it was on NS9 Live or when it was, but it was one of those things where like just seeing the ball go through the hoop, right? And the more you do that, you start you start getting confident. And you know he's now seen the ball go through the hoop quite a few times, and so he's got confidence now. And yeah, before like I said I don't think Cabrian Hayes has the has the confidence to even tweet something like this out because of like what would because because you mentioned like if you tweet this out when you're when you have a 75 weighted runs created plus and you're OPSing 650, the fans aren't going to have your back. The fans are just going to be like hit better. Like it's one call hit better. You know, um, right. now it's a little different because he's he's kind of shown. He's shown he's he's up there right now, you know, among the best players in the game for for quite some time. And uh, yeah, you when you when you when he talks now, you um, you take it a little differently. Is is he now taking over in Pittsburgh? Is he now the new Mister Big Chest? <laughs> I don't think he's the new Mister. Yeah, Hopefully, okay. he's not. Hopefully, not, like hopefully, there's never a Mister Big Chest. He's ever. not coming to spring training in a helicopter next year. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so maybe a little more personality from Grime, but not that much personality. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, anyways, yeah. Again, I find this very interesting. Uh, but let's go ahead and move forward. So, what is also very interesting is. You were at Greensboro this week, and their season is over now. So I think it's a great way we usually talk about the you know like the prospects. Let's go ahead and just kind of focus on Greensboro, your time there, what you saw. Uh, and there's a couple guys you want to focus on that performed very well. Yeah. Um. So, but Greensboro was in Bowling Green playing the Rays affiliate. This uh, this past week, it's not too far of a drive for me. So I went down on uh, I was planning on going Tuesday and Friday. I wanted to see Thomas Harrington start and Bubba Chandler start. Uh, mm. But Bubba Chandler got promoted before I got a chance to see him. So um, congratulations, Bubba Chandler in Altoona now. Um, but yeah, so I was able to at least go Tuesday. Um, and really just main guys I wanted to see were um, Thomas Harrington and Termar Johnson. Those are those are kind of the two main guys. There's a few other semi-interesting hitters there for for the grasshoppers, but that's that's who I kind of went to see. Um Thomas Harrington, you know what? Interesting interesting pitcher. Not exactly what I expected. Um why is that? I thought the stuff was was better. And I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say the stuff was bad, but like I thought the stuff in particular, the fastball, was was better. Um, you know, for for the most part, he was like 91, 92 the entire night. Um, now here's the interesting part: is he was locating the fastball, you know, where he wanted to. Definitely when it got high, like when he when he, when especially when he got up like 02 or one two he'd throw a fastball above the zone and he was getting chases on it. So there was something about his fastball that made it look really nice, but hitters couldn't hit it. Um, he ended the day with seven strikeouts and five innings. And like I said, the fastball generated a bunch of swings and misses. His slider generated a bunch of swings and misses. Uh, the slider looked like a pretty good pitch that he had a really good feel for. Um, but yeah, the fastball was was kind of intriguing. It just wasn't wasn't overpowering by any means, but it was getting uh, it was getting hitters out. It was getting swings and misses. I think the biggest thing to watch with Thomas Harrington as he kind of progresses through the minors is you know that stuff's playing well in in high A right now, and it's it's um you know because he's got he's got pretty good command of it. So now it's just. You know, how will that stuff play moving forward as he progresses through the system? Um, you know, we've seen some of these pitchers that get called up and, you know, with 90, with low 90s fastballs and they haven't succeeded. Right. So 
you Very want to see level. yeah so you want to see I don't, I don't know if Harrington's capable of adding a couple ticks to that fastball. You know, I think that's probably best case scenarios. He, he changes that 92 mile an hour fastball to a 95 mile an hour fastball. You know, you do that and you instantly, you know, are, are looking a little bit more interesting, but uh, no, the command was very good for someone at that level. Um, I think like I said, that's the biggest thing moving forward with him is just, he's going to have to pitch, right. You know, whereas you look at some of these other arms in the system, Jared Jones, um, Bubba Chandler, the stuff is so good with them that they can get away maybe with not having top tier command at times. Mm -hmm. Harrington's stuff didn't seem to me like it was good enough that he can't have that command. Like he's going to have to have the command if he wants to have success. And that's not like saying that Thomas Harrington is not going to be any good or anything like that. Like, I mean, there are plenty of pitchers out there who succeed with low 90s fastballs. It's just um, if you're going to throw like that, you've got to have a lot of other things going for you. And so far he does. It's just watch that going up up the system. Right. Fair. Um, cool. And so basically, you know, as we're talking, right, Greensboro season is over. So he does end the year uh, with Greensboro, 85.1 pitches, innings, pitches, <laughs> 85.1 innings, uh, 380 ERA. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty solid year. Strike, just strike out a good bit. Doesn't walk too many. Um, so, solid season for Thomas Harrington. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically ended up kind of right where you would probably assume that he would be. Um, I was kind of surprised that they started him in Bradenton this year. You can you could kind of tell that he was just – he was better than, than those low – those single-A hitters that he was facing. Um, high A was definitely more of a of a match for him, but yeah, solid season. Strikeouts were there, walk numbers were low. Um, he's 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 doing he's doing well. Uh, you got to anticipate he starts next year in Altoona, and that's when that's when things start getting interesting. Then you're getting into you know much more advanced hitters, uh, and uh, yeah, it'll hold. He's definitely on the radar though, like as someone to pay attention to. Once he once he hits Altoona, for sure. Yeah, there's uh, I mean, there's a little bit of intrigue and excitement for a lot of young pitchers. I feel like in the system, like there's not a whole lot upper level, but when you start looking lower levels, you know, which it's right on the cusp, and some are you know now in Double A, but mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of again intrigue, right? There's nothing set in stone, but there's a lot of a lot of young arms in the system uh, coming up, and he's certainly one of them. Yeah. All right. Let's switch over. So you said you want to go there to also see Tamar Johnson. Uh, you you saw him. He arrived. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was kind of fun. So Tamar was my first time seeing Tamar. Um, he popped up in his first at bat. He walked in his second at bat, and then his third at bat. He hit just a bomb. Um, and, and, and like I said, I always kind of say when I'm at minor league games, one of my favorite things about minor league games is just like, you can just tell, you can just tell who's good and who's not. Like, even if they're not having the best game, you can, you can still just tell. And sometimes it's just like, if it's a pitcher, it's how the, the, the catcher's mitt sounds like when, when like it pops on a fastball or, you know, when, when, when someone's like slider breaking stuff is just absolutely untouchable. You can kind of just tell. Um, for hitters, it's like the sound the ball makes off of the bat. And, and for Termar, it's just a different, it's a different sound. Like the, the crack of the bat, when he hit that home run, um, the loud, it was the loudest sound I heard all night. Um, it, it was, it was pretty incredible. And he, I say, he just absolutely smoked it. Um, the it's his swing is so violent. He um, it, which is crazy because he's a, he's such a small guy. Like he's listed at five eight one seventy five, and like he's he's he might be that, but like I mean he's a he's a small guy. Um, but there's just so much violence in that swing. He gets the most out of every cut that he takes. Um, and you know he um he absolutely crushed this ball. Uh, I think that's that one of the one of the interesting things about Termar coming out of the draft was, you know, the hit tool was going to be so good. 
Um, that swing that he has, it's not that he doesn't swing like someone who's hitting 300 and, and, you know, smashing doubles all over the field. And like that swing is, that's a power swing. Tamar Johnson is swinging like a guy who wants to hit 40 home runs, like in a season. That's, that's the kind of swing that he has. And the amount of, um, the amount of lift that he has on it, it, it's, it's so pronounced like the uppercut in his swing. Like he's just able to generate this leverage from it. Um, and I said, it's just small levers. It's, 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 it's a short compact swing, but at the same time, um, the ability to, to, to kind of attack balls at the angle that he is, it's the dude, the dude has power. Like for someone that small, the amount of power in them, um, it's rare. Like you don't see guys that size with that amount of power. Yeah, I think that's like, I mean, we've talked about this before. That's what's really interesting. You know, it's again, like coming out of the draft or coming into the draft, you're kind of advertised one player. And then now that you're seeing him, it's kind of a different one. And it's like, where where can this power come from? Again, like Jose Altuve and Ozzy Albias, right? Like two similar guys that are very small that hit for power. Um, he's just is little. And he comes in and albeit like he's performing better now, but like it's not a high average dude. It's it's lower average. He has his strikeouts. He certainly has his walks, but the dude hits for bombs. Um, and like you said about the swing, so like no Mitch Jeb from Tamar Johnson. We're not seeing no. any type of Mitch Jeb swing <laughs> hitting for contact, no. getting on base. No, yeah, no. Mitch Jeb is just trying to get the bat to the ball. Um, Tamar Johnson is trying to hurt that baseball and all of its family, like. It's and whatever vehicle it hits, <laughs> it is a violent, violent swing. Yeah, which again, you almost have to like, he's got to be under control with that swing because, especially once he gets you know higher and higher in the minors, he faces better and better breaking stuff. How is that swing going to play? So, just mm -hmm. another thing to kind of keep in mind. Um, right now, right now, first off, he's walking at an incredible clip. Um, I think he was the <clears throat> first teenager to draw a hundred walks in a season since like 2005. Yeah. So like the dude is, the dude has a great eye, which is, which is good to see because you know, when, when you swing like that and you've got that kind of power pitchers, pitchers are going to try to make you chase. They don't want to give you anything kind of right in your, in, in your zone there. So the fact he's been able to lay off all those pitches, he's got hit a 419 on base percentage in Bradenton and a 427 on base percentage in Greensboro. That's wild. Um, and then the slugging, again, has been impressive. The power is there. The batting average, yeah, in the 240s. So you kind of expect that to be higher. But, again, with the kind of swing that he has, he's you can show he's kind of sacrificed that contact for power. Um, and if you're going to get on base at a 420 clip, hell, you don't really need to be a contact hitter. Just hit bombs. Hit bombs and get on base four out of ten times. Yeah, works, no, I mean that's, works that's for not, me. <laughs> it's not bad, and certainly, like I said, like he's he's a different player right now that I anticipated coming in, but doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's just a different player. Uh, mm -hmm. But that does worry me a little bit. Now the strikeouts have come down, but like the walk rate's elite level, and like honestly, the power that he's putting up—I don't want to say elite, but like for, especially for his size and position, we're talking like close to elite type of power. And he just that. turned 19 too. Like that's the yeah. other, like he turned 19 in July. Right. Right. So there's the that this isn't all of his power. Like he's got more. He's got more right. coming. Yeah. I just don't want to attach the elite's label to that <laughs> yet. <laughs> but yeah. like that's where he's like trending, right? In that sense. Um, but again, like the, the hit tool in itself, like being a 240 hitter, striking out 25% of the time, you know, in the lower minors does worry me a little bit. That's something I certainly want to monitor. That's what that's that's his warts he presents, you know, and that's what's gonna like prevent him from saying, like, right now, like Tamar Johnson is a dude, he's going to reach the majors. There's still some work for him, you know. I would much rather see him at this rate be like a 20% strikeout rate or less. Um, but 
like you said, if you're going to get on base 40 percent of the time and have this type of power, you will be a dude. Yep. Yeah. So far, um, he certainly looks like someone who's on the trajectory of being a pretty good major league starting infielder. Yeah. Good deal. Like I said, maybe maybe a different way than than what we originally thought. Like we, I don't think we originally thought that the power was quite like this, and we thought the just like the hit tool was better. And now it's you know the other way around. Yeah, if he could be like a 280, 290, 300 hitter, ten bombs. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like, oh, he may be like a two thirty hitter, but he's going to hit like forty home runs at four foot eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so that's really all you saw. I, I do just, you know, I said, we'll do this a little bit differently and some leagues are ending right now. Altoona is still playing, but like, I do just want to bring up Bubba Chandler also, because that's a guy that you did want to see. Uh, you weren't able to see him because he went to Altoona, unfortunately, but Jim, he went to Altoona. He faced probably one of the better, I don't know, lineups overall, but certainly one of the better talents in that lineup overall. Uh, mm-hmm. And he just dominated, absolutely dominated it. Uh, let's bring up Bubba Chandler because, again, he probably has like what maybe one more start to him. So Bubba Chandler's got one more start, and I think the plan is to start Bubba Chandler on his twenty-first birthday, which is uh oh, there you go, which is Thursday, so the fourteenth. Um, yep. So, but, but yeah, what, what a double a debut. Uh, no one has impressed me, um, more, I think from the, the pirates minor league system this year, as far as pitchers go, uh, than Bubba Chandler. He started off the year in Bradenton. Um, very rocky. Oh, wait, he started off in, in Greensboro. They, sorry about that. I was looking at, I was looking at the wrong thing. Um, started off in Greensboro and he started off Rocky. Like it, he, he didn't have the same success in Greensboro that he was having in, in Bradenton. He was still striking people out. He was walking people, he was giving up hits. Um, and then really something just clicked for him where, uh, you know, it was right around mid July or so, you know, yeah, if you July take 18th. July 18th on, um, nine starts, and this is including his start from this past week in Altoona, but nine starts, in his last nine starts, he's seven and one with a 1.66 ERA, 51 strikeouts, 13 walks. So the strikeouts went up, the walks went down. Um, he's only given up 27 hits in 48 and two thirds innings. Like he's basically been unhittable now for essentially two months. Uh, and he, uh, he, he definitely earned that late season double a promotion. I would imagine he'll start next year in double a, but this puts him on a path now where like you thought maybe Bubba Chandler was going to take a little bit longer to develop than other guys yeah. just because he wasn't a full-time pitcher. Um, but like with the way his stuff is, and if he can, if he's like figured out a feel for pitching and then he's gotten his command down, this is a guy who doesn't need to be in the minors probably too much longer. <laughs> like I'm not saying like starting next year or like middle of next year, but like you could see Bubba Chandler in the majors next year, like at this rate. Um, now it'd be like late in the season, but I think you can, and I think reasonably you're expecting him in 2025, but like he's, he completely turned his season around and he's now an extremely interesting pitching prospect not just in the pirate system, but like in baseball overall, because the starting pitchers with his stuff. Don't don't just don't just grow on trees. There's a reason why he was this first round talent, you know, heading into the draft with being a part-time player and such, but you're absolutely right. You know, like we, we talked and like our biggest stress we had with him was don't look so much at the numbers. Like he is behind. It's going to be a lot of development for Bubba Chandler. You would like to see the numbers better, but like, don't focus on just like his ERA and say, he's a bust. There's he's behind. He's behind a lot of players right now, but he has talent. And with that said, you know, you talk the numbers after July 18th, but before that he had a six, seven, nine ERA. Like that's what we're talking about. Like, 
that switch you're mentioning, he had a six seven nine ERA before that start. And like you mentioned, the past nine starts is a one point. What was it again? Uh, one point six six ERA in his last nine starts. So he went from a six seven nine to that. Yeah, like you're, yeah, something clicked, <laughs> and uh, that's that's what's huge about this. I'm with you. I I don't know if I can like stamp like I'm the most excited about him. But what I'm most excited about him with is the fact of how quickly it might have clicked for him. Because you said that there is a scenario, like there is this actual scenario where he could be in the majors next year. It's not highly probable, but there certainly is. And I would have expected, even like from the draft, it's going to be maybe like a late season 2025 call up at best. You know, there's there's some work there. He's going to be brought along slowly. I mean, the fact we're talking about Anthony Salomeno, who actually has been good, is in double A already, and that's aggressive. Like the fact that I know it's end of season, it's more of a token, like, hey, you've done good, kid. Here's a couple starts, but like Bubba Chandler's in double A and he's earned it already. Like this year, that's that's huge for his development. Like he's pretty much on track as like a normal development rate, not someone who's going to take a while. So if he can go to, you know, start off in double A next year, which you anticipate, right? Like you mentioned, and he has a solid year. Wow. <laughs> like this is huge. I think for pirates news. Yeah. And I think he's, I think you're going to start seeing Bubba Chandler on a more on some top 100 prospect list soon. Um, Baseball America listed him as having the best fastball in the South Atlantic league. Uh, it's, like I said, it's impressive stuff. And now you're finally putting, he's putting the stuff together. Um, and it's, it's, it's uh, translating to on-field success. So, very exciting progress out of Bubba Chandler. I say Keith Law had him year. on his list uh, this this mid year, and everyone was kind of like, mm-hmm. "Whoa, <laughs> that's odd." And yeah. I mean, I still think it was odd that time, but like since that time, Bubba Chandler has just performed. Maybe Keith Law knew. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, man, and again, he's certainly one of those I can talk about. There's a lot of very intriguing arms in the system. He's one, and now he's in Double A, so. It's it's coming. I start sounding like Dion. We're we're coming. Yeah. Once once you get to Double A, you start like if you can find success in Double A as a pitcher, you're probably going to be in the majors at some point. Yep. It's just a matter of like when at that point. But so so yeah, a really really great Double A debut for Bubba Chandler. Um, he's got one more start left in him, so hopefully he kind of uh, replicates that. And then you feel really, really good about him going into next year. Yeah. And like you said, it'll be on his birthday likely. And he's just turning 21. Like the dude's young still. And mm-hmm. this is where he's at. So very excited. All right. Um, was there anyone else that you really want to talk about? Not really. Um, okay. Yeah, not really. Then let's go into our series preview. So the Pirates do have a series against the Nationals. It is a four-game series. And uh, two really non-inspiring type of teams playing each other. And uh, I would say, you know, sometimes in these type of series, like you're, you don't have the spoiler to it. You're not going to like try to beat a team like the Brewers and such. But there's also not any like draft implications for the most part because the Nationals can't get a lottery pick this year. So it's not even like you're looking for a suck off because like, it's, <laughs> it's not going to change anything in those standings uh, for the most part uh, against each other, I should say. But um, yeah, I mean, again, there's, there's nothing much for each team to really, really play for. It's two not really good teams. Uh, I don't know. What is your take on this series? Um, yeah, I mean, the Nationals aren't necessarily playing good baseball right now either. Um, they just lost a series to the Dodgers, which is, you know, the, the, the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Um, they're coming off a four-game sweep where the Marlins swept them in four games. Um, you know, they split a two-game series with the Mets. So, like, just – just uh, they're not playing the best of baseball. Uh, pitching seems to be a main problem. They're giving up a lot of runs here lately. So, hopefully, you know, you kind of go into this thinking that, Hey, maybe the Pirates bats can can wake up a little bit. Uh, you know, they there was they had a pretty good game. They, I, I feel like the bats did OK down in Atlanta. Like uh, that that wasn't really the problem um, with that Atlanta series. And I don't really know if there was a problem with the Atlanta series. It was just they ran into a buzzsaw 
and they lost two out of three to a better team. So um, I, I feel like the Pirates are, you know, they're they're playing good baseball right now. The Nationals are not. Um, yeah, you hope that the offense can take advantage of this Washington pitching staff that hasn't been great lately and uh and and go from there so i mean it's a four game series in in pittsburgh at home um yeah and it, it, it's it's you know it's going good the nationals aren't too interesting i mean cj abrams is having himself a pretty decent season uh you know so it's nice to see him kind of develop as a you know a defensive player that's still coming around um it's just that it, this, this national team is a rebuilding team. There's a lot of guys on here that probably wouldn't be on major league rosters. You know, this nationals roster is, has a lot of guys like the pirates roster. I, I would almost compare this nationals team to like last year's pirates team too, where it's like, they've got some interesting young guys, but for the most part, it's a, it's a lot of guys that probably don't really belong. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know who Travis Blankenhorn is, but <laughs> Travis Blankenhorn is apparently the Nationals starting left fielder, right? I don't know who the hell that guy is. So, like, there's there, there are types of players like that. But then there's also, there's CJ Abrams, there's Luis Garcia, there's um, Kiebert Ruiz, Lane Thomas, like guys that we've heard of um, for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing nothing really interesting about this Nationals roster um, on either side of the ball right now. So yeah, you hope that the Pirates can can go out there and and put together a good series. Yep. One thing I do want to mention, uh, like you said, like the, the pitching isn't that great, and that's you look at the starting pitching, the relief pitching, the relief, the relief pitching is kind of in the middle of the pack since the. Uh, the trade deadline, but as far as the hitting goes, bottom starting pitching, bottom relievers, kind of middle of the pack. But uh, hey, there's a guy named Patrick Corbin that's going to start, and he's been very, 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 very bad, except when he plays the Pirates. <laughs> that's true. Now, this I don't year, understand it, man. Yeah, this year, um, this is one one game. They have five ERA in that one game, but in 2021, a one seven six ERA. 2022, a 203 ERA against the Pirates. Like Patrick Corbin is awful. And then when he sees the Pirates, he is a Cy Young candidate. So something that you gotta just <laughs> pique your interest here. Uh like don't don't yeah. don't think this this game is like an automatic win because Patrick Corbin's up. Because um, if you felt that way, and hey, if you are a daily fantasy sports player and you also feel that way, Patrick Corbin has probably lost your money doing so. So uh yeah um just kind of thrown out there because the pirates apparently like can't hit patrick corbin when he's pitching um but outside of that yeah like there's really nothing interesting until josiah gray uh on thursday he's like their better pitching prospect he'll be well not really prospect anymore but young arm young talents he'll be pitching against mitch keller so like their best is probably facing mitch keller so that's one that you hope that you can walk away with a victory as well so uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like you said, it's it's two not really good teams, but like when you look at them right now, I definitely feel more confident in the Pirates. I mean, it could be a split, but I could easily see us being a three-one Pirates win this series. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get go with that. We do make predictions on here, and I'm gonna say Pirates take three out of one, three out of four. I'll take three out of one is uh, that would be impressive. You're not gonna no, get too I'm... many top draft picks <laughs> going three out of one. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I'm also with you there. Um, currently, I mean, obviously, there's some TBAs on the schedule, but Quinn Priester is also. Um, Fangraphs has Quinn Priester listed as the probable guy for Wednesday. I don't know if that's going to happen or what, uh, but I think it is. You know, and then me and Connor talked about this on the post game show yesterday. You're probably going to see Quinn Priester here soon. So this is maybe an opportunity to do it four game series. You don't have an off day. Maybe you want to give somebody an extra break. Um, this is this is kind of lining up into uh, Quinn Priester territory. If you want to want to give him another shot. And also it's against a team that maybe you can kind of ease into a little bit, It's not necessarily the most talented lineup that, that he's going to face in the major. So 
maybe an opportunity to see Quinn Priester this series, but no, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, Patrick Corbin's going to start tonight for the, for the, um, for the nationals, Andre Jackson, it's his turn in the rotation rotation for the pirates tonight. So I don't know if he's going to start, he's going to follow, he's going to be a bulk guy. I don't know how that's going to work. Right. But um, yeah, Jackson, the, the, I mean, the, we basically have one starting pitcher going this, this series. Um, I guess Oviedo technically would line up too, but I think they're trying to do that extra day is, is what it seems like. So um, yeah, it, I, I think, I think the pirates can take three out of four. They're, they're, they're probably the better team right now, the way that they're currently constructed. Uh, they're playing good baseball. I, w- I was actually kind of encouraged with how they played in Atlanta. I think, um, like I said, I think they played. I think they played well down yep. down in Atlanta. It was just like I said, the Braves were just the better team. So if they can keep playing like they did this past weekend, uh, they'll they'll win three out of four here. I'm with you. They've been playing good ball for quite some time, so that's why I'm pretty confident in that too. Um, yep, it's not the greatest team. They're not performing that well. Pirates not the greatest team either, but they're certainly performing right now. Um, and and they, like you said, they're they're certainly a year ahead. You know, we could we could argue where they should be and who should be up here and performing or whatever, but they're certainly a year ahead. I mean, it's it's almost like the 2023 Pirates playing the 2022 Pirates this time, and you would absolutely assume the 23 Pirates would defeat them. So, yeah, three out three out of four. Uh, I'm looking here for, and uh, not too much else to really add to that. I guess uh, no. we do have some questions. So yep. Mark says, when does Nick Gonzalez come back? Like that's something else to kind of talk about in this sense. <clears throat> I would love to see in his next quote one here with David White, Henry Davis too. I would like to see Nick Gonzalez up here for Alika Williams. We kind of talked about that. Nick Gonzalez has been f- performing quite well in AAA. Alika obviously we see is not performing well in, in the majors right now. So I'd like to see that switch, but also Henry Davis could be back. And I'm not sure how it does, you know, speak for the outfield defense, but for the bat, that could certainly help out. Um, he came back in Indianapolis in a big way. He just hits balls all the time. He gets on base and sends him over the fence right now. So uh, I think he's ready. Yeah, I mean, they had him play Saturday. He did not play yesterday. Oh, he did play yesterday. He went three for yep. three yesterday. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Henry Davis is probably back today, if I had to guess. Um, Same. And, and the, the, I guess there's no silver lining to Andrew McCutcheon getting injured, but I guess if there, if you had to pick one, it does kind of open up the DH spot for other people to use. So it does allow you to get Henry Davis's bat in the lineup without like having to put him in right field every single, every single day. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's one positive out of this is that Henry Davis, honestly, should just kind of be the team's DH moving forward. You know, instead of sticking him in the outfield where he's just just looks terrible, um, he doesn't need to learn right field right now. Let him learn right field in the offseason. If you can get his bat in the lineup, I'm cool with that. Um, but yeah, I think Henry Davis, you see him back today. Nick Gonzalez, I don't know. Um, it's possible he could be up today. He's definitely putting things together in AAA. Uh, I think we'll definitely see him before the end of the year. I could also maybe see them like keeping him down in Indianapolis, maybe through their next homestand, uh, just you know for for Indianapolis's sake. Yeah, but I think um, you'll see Nick Gonzalez for the end of the year. I just don't know exactly when that'll be. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm more confident in Henry Davis coming up because obviously he's on the team. He just you know got the rehab assignment, and when you see those two games, kind of tells me he's he's ready. Uh, but with Nick Gonzalez, I would like to see him today, but certainly not marking my stamp that he will be here. Uh, but again, like it's very encouraging. Like Nick Gonzalez has gone down, and since he's gone down, he's done all the things that you wanted to see him work on and improve on. So, like, good for him. Again, yeah. like his prospect status, what he'll be in the future, still uncertain. But the things you want to see from him, he's he's doing. So credit where credits due, and uh, I would love to see him finish out the year in Pittsburgh and just kind of see like how that has translated and then heading into 2024 it's a big year a lot of decisions so good on nick Gonzalez, well, at least yeah i mean vinnie copra is still on this team and i don't think yeah. he's played this month i don't think he's played this month so like i'm not sure what he's okay he has well, he has but 
very sparingly. He has, uh, he has he has three plate appearances. He started one game and has three plate, plate appearances. It's September 11th. Like, get him off this roster. He's not serving anybody any purpose. Send Copper down. Call up Nick Gonzalez. Or maybe Copper will be the guy for Davis. I'm not sure. I still feel like sending Alika down. I mean, again, maybe it's just me. I would rather Copper be here not getting anything and have Alika down there at least playing. Nah. I'd rather have Alika's glove up here just to have a glove. Fair. I mean, I <clears throat> can't really argue that. All right. Good deal, then. Anything else we want to talk about? No, I think that uh, I think that touches everything. Well, then let's get out of here. So the Pirates have a four-game series. We'll be on, of course, tonight after the game. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.